Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cruise Control. Your and our on-air automotive magazine. I'm Les Jackson, as usual, <laughs> right here with, with Fred Staub. We're here each and every week live, at least on Saturdays, uh, podcast or replayed at, at various stations around the country uh, during the week. But <clears throat> you probably already know that. Uh, meanwhile, we have uh, a ton of things to talk about this hour. Um, lots of things going on in the industry. Still have the chip shortage. I'll tell a little anecdote about that. Yeah, uh, but let's get going. Yeah, speaking of chi chip shortage, less um, there's big news. Uh, stop the line. Ford and Subaru shut down production since they can't get parts. We'll tell you about what lines they shut down. Yeah, you know, uh, this is this is getting annoying. <laughs> so, and Porsche is bringing back the duck tail, or as we used to call it here in the U.S., the whale tail, uh, which I was honestly never a fan of. But I understand why they do it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit of some nostalgia coming back, and uh, we'll talk about that. If you're a fan of that, and uh, got to get your Porsche Carrera glasses going on and your That's turtleneck. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, and my sweater over the shoulders, you know, with the... Tied, with the arms tied. Yeah, yes. tied with the, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe you'll change your name to Biff, too, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, but also, we're going to talk tech. Audi has plans for using recycled glass, and we'll tell you why that's sounds like a pretty good idea it, it does actually uh, and why we're also going to say why subscription-based vehicle options may be a no-starter yeah uh, there's been a lot of talk about that things like yep. rear wheel steering or enhanced infotainment uh, all kinds of things they were talking about putting them behind a paywall might not be something that you want to happen and I think so far it's been oh. kind of people have been kind of sour on it but uh, then we're gonna have an at the wheel review of the Subaru Outback Wilderness I had a chance to drive this vehicle and man I was impressed with it I love the way it looked of course it's got a little higher ground clearance a little bit more of a tougher attitude um, and uh, I really like the blue color. <laughs> How's that? Well, that that settles it right there. Yeah, I, uh, I it's one of my favorite vehicles. I kind of did not want to give it back, but I had to because otherwise I wouldn't be here to do the show. They would come looking for me, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so when we come back, we are going to uh, have a lot more on cruise control, so stay tuned. 
to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I just want to show you what's going on over there, which is pretty cool. Uh, Bunter, the Cruise Control cat, has come in. Would like to add some information to the show. He's he's quite... Uh, affectionate he's not terribly knowledgeable about cars does he like riding in them he not particularly cats don't enjoy uh, car travel <laughs> um, they would not make great automotive journalists probably they they wouldn't um, although they know how to drive stick shift better than most <laughs> they've got the they got the claws they can they can hang on to that's it that's right and uh, not have an issue yeah that's cool stuff exactly <laughs> well cool stuff well Let's delve into our first story, Les. And it's not necessarily a great story because it is about production shutting down due to the chip shortage. And this is something you yeah. and I have been talking about. Gosh, it seems like a couple of years now. Uh, how long? Well, when, did, when did the chip shortage start? It, it really started uh, showing up a lot early last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just got worse and it, it's it's just beginning to get kind of sorted out um, but it's still probably a year away from being solved um, and I was telling you earlier I just I am in my first chip shortage uh, press car <laughs> this week. And, uh, um, it actually is, calls it out on the on the. Uh, it does it, and sadly, I think it really, really affects the resale value. This is a BMW M440. This is a serious car, right? Uh, Seventy grand, and it 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 has all the stuff, but it deleted the power seats. Wow! And and it says manual seat. Uh, adjustment minus $995. Um, (laughs) The manual seat is heated, (laughs) but it's manual. You have to, and this is a a car where I've never been in a BMW that didn't have power seats ever. Well, my question, a couple of questions there. A, did they even have a manual seat base or did they have to create this because I think they I think they probably make them for Europe. Okay. And they uh, I'm sure they didn't make one uh, just for this. I, but I know the Europeans don't go for quite as many luxury features as we do. I'm surprised they didn't say it's special weight delete package. <laughs> Plus yeah. I mean, nine hundred dollars. It's a fun car to drive, but boy, oh boy, I, I think anybody who buys it eventually is going to say, "What? I've got a, I, you know, I've got my my wife drives this too, and we have to crank the seats up manually and move them forward." And yeah, uh, well, no. in that case, you could potentially put the seats back in the vehicle. 
You could potentially, I, the wiring's probably there. Oh, the wiring's there, but you actually need the entire power seat assembly. Yeah. Buy that aftermarket. Woo! That would be expensive. You're not gonna you're not gonna buy it for $9.95, I'll no, tell you that. No. But as you say, what happens when that car goes to be sold in a number of years and, and they're like, What? <laughs> Desire. But this is what's happening all around the country and in the whole industry. Subaru has shut down, but you know, we have GM is taking uh some features out, like yeah. stop start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about this. This is Mustang. We'll pause the must. Ford will pause the Mustang production next week due to issues with ongoing microchip shortage. Mm. A week-long shutdown at the Ford Flat Rock plant in Michigan. They've paused it before, forty-eight hours this week, and next week they're going to shut it down completely. Uh, Think of what this costs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then, as you mentioned, Subaru suspends production due to parts shortages. This is some of it is a, a supply chain, some of it is the chip shortage. And uh, this is, I believe, virtually all of their vehicles that are being built. Um, and uh, they're stopping taking orders for the popular BRZ due to the semiconductor shortage. Uh, I just don't know really when this ends. Uh, I, I know, I believe Intel is building two chip factories somewhere, maybe in Nevada, but yeah. And, um, AMD, AMD chips, um, are doubling the size of their factory in upstate New York. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, we'll keep you up to date and, Let's uh, hear from you. Have you bought a new car that didn't have a feature that you expected it to have? Let us know at cruisecontrolradio.com, on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page, and more. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back, so stay tuned to Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. Fred and I are uh, rolling through the stories. There's just so much going on, and some of it's depressing. But uh, <laughs> the bottom end, bottom end is the vehicles you can actually get are really good. Yeah, they are. They're interesting. And uh, last hour, you told us about the Ford Maverick. Here's one. Yep. Return of the Ducktail. This was the classic 70s look for a 911 Porsche. The big Ducktail. You had lots of decals. It said Carrera yep. and all that type stuff. You needed those uh, Carrera sunglasses. And uh, it. Yep. You, I had remember to, you had to wear uh, rolled up, uh, highly pressed sleeves. Yes. And. Uh, um, I remember this being the most aggressive spoiler that I had ever seen on a streetcar. Yeah, it had an oil cooler in it. Had an oil cooler in it. I remember that. Yeah, um, but I, I always thought it was a little too much in your face. Too much in your face, but it was a very uh, in-your-face car. But now yep. it's coming back. Uh, this is part of their heritage collection, and they're going to make 1,250 examples worldwide. 
it will feature unique powertrain <laughs> to complement its special design. Uh, and it is what they call a heritage design strategy. 911 Targa 4S Heritage Design Edition. Uh, they built one of those in 2020. Now it's going to be uh, this sport classic model. It will be based on the 911 Turbo S, wide body. Uh, it will come yep. exclusively with a seven-speed uh, manual transmission. And the engine will uh, dump out 543 horsepower, 442 pound-feet of torque. Uh, this is going to go for big money. It also has cool things like that you couldn't get on the original, like Porsche ceramic composite brakes. Just say ceramic composite brakes. That means probably 20, 30 grand right there. I would That's imagine. probably a good 20. Also something you couldn't get on the first one, uh, Porsche dynamic chassis control and rear axle steering in a small car like that. That must be pretty wicked, don't you think? Pretty wicked. Yeah. Sport chrono package with a modified sport exhaust. That's standard. Active suspension management, standard, ro lowers the ride height by 10 millimeters. Um what do you think these things are going to go for if they're only building 1250? I'm going to say high mid 100s. Oh gosh, less. I think they'd probably be 300. It's possible. By the way, the whale tail is slightly smaller here. By I'm going to I'm going to really order uh, one. <laughs> no. I I'm going to be um the recipient of, I think, some some upset uh, very soon because <laughs> I have a friend, a very wealthy friend, who bought one of these 70s versions um, last year, uh, beautifully restored, and I convinced him to take the whale tail off. And uh, Hey, I, I think it looks better without it. Uh, I do too, and and he, you know, he said, "Okay, well, you can always you know, put it back on again if you want." He could, yeah, sure. Uh, I, yeah, but he's. I know I'm going to hear from him, and he's going to say, "Well, thanks a lot." Well, you know, there was a show. Uh, it was Wheeler Dealers, and they bought a very, very clean-looking Porsche 911. It had yep. the scored cylinders, so they went all through how that was repaired. And it was just a beautifully clean black car with black wheels. They look great. There's nothing to do on the outside. Of course, the engine had to be repaired. Um, but they decided to make it this vintage thing where they put Carrera yeah. decals on it and a, a I, whale tail. I and was... I thought you should have stopped while you were ahead and just had it nicely detailed on the outside yeah. and left it. That's what my that's my opinion on. But every when I, everyone yeah. has an opinion on them. When I saw that one, I just thought, you know, you're taking a, a really nice car and you're turning it into a boy racer. Yeah. And let's get know, some uh, STP stickers and slam them on the side. How about, <laughs> how about yeah. that? You know, uh, and they, they put the gold wheels on it. Yeah. Mm, just no. I, you know, I was like, you kind of had it perfect. It looked great. It just looked yeah. cool. No need to get the just, engine, repair the engine, obviously, but um, that's it. I used to pejoratively describe those as the Las Vegas look. Yeah. 
I call I called uh, them like the disco Corvettes, where there's a lot of <laughs> stickers and fiberglass exactly. bolt-ons, and yep. you know, uh, it kind of the I rock. Okay, now we're gonna get hate mail, but the I rock. <laughs> Uh, Z28, yeah, yeah, we're, it was, we're gonna. <laughs> it was, you know, the peel and stick brand of performance. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, we yeah. are not. We are not the federal taste police. No, but hey, cars uh, are what you want. If you want to put like like a sticker that is, you know, that where the letters are like two feet high and <laughs> reflective, go for it. You know, yep. it's just Fine. I think cleaner looks nicer sometimes. You know. Uh, and matter of fact, even down to the um, Trans Am Firebird, I liked it. With the, some of them came without the screaming chicken. I thought it looked yeah, cool see, without. Uh, I'm it. with you. I'm with you. I I like them just plain. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. but to each his own. But to each his own. You know, we get hate mail from Porsche folks, from Camaro <laughs> folks. We're yep. batting a thousand here, Les Jackson. We're doing well, we're doing great <laughs> here on this edition of Cruise Control. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it's to each his own. Hey, let's talk a little tech, shall we? Uh, something that maybe will be less, uh, you know, controversial. But uh, Audi is looking into using recycle glass for their vehicles uh that is the intention the ceo of audi uh came out and said that so how will this work volkswagen group retailers will collect broken glass from cars with windows that are unrepairable the shattered glass will make its way to one of audi's partners in this case relling glass recycling the window will be broken up into little pieces and processed and then it will be put back into plate glass production. Uh, it can uh, recycle and and through use of magnets and other technology, things like heating filaments and antenna cables. Uh, and it will uh, make perfectly good glass from recycle pieces that I guess I don't know really what happens to broken windshields and things like that. I, I don't know where I they think go. they they usually just get dumped in the glass big you know Vax. dumpster glass <laughs> recycling but this you know on the on the face of it could could give you the impression that it's just kind of giving lip service to recycling but in fact uh the glass in cars is is extremely high quality yeah um and it makes a lot of sense to get those materials back, give them to the glass company um, to recycle it so that the same high-quality glass gets put in the new uh, windows. You so know what I'm kind of excited like about, that, yeah. uh, and I'd like to see spread across the industry, is Gorilla Glass for windshields. Of course, it's being done by Jeep, yeah. Wrangler, and that, because what's yeah. worse, and I've had this happen, brand-new car, you're driving it, around in the first week and stones come from nowhere you know on highways there's yep. nobody around i don't know where it came from and nick there it is it's a little bit of a chip right in your vision you don't want to replace the windshield because it's, it's always in your vision yeah so that's what gorilla glass avoids and i i would be happy for that i think that would be great and plus you I don't get this sandblasted look to the windshield yeah. you know Probably prevents I think things we're like going to see that wiper scraping too. So 
I, I think that I think that would be good. But a little interesting recycling by the folks at Audi. And yeah, you who knows? I never thought where that glass went, you know, if they didn't yeah. recycle it or just trash it. But hey, we're not gonna trash anything else other than Camaros or whale tail Porsches. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we're gonna tell you about why subscription-based options to uh, vehicle options not might be a non-starter, and I'm going to have an at-the-wheel review of the Subaru Outback Wilderness. That's all coming up on Cruise Control. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. The other guy you're going to hear in a little bit is none other than Les Jackson. We're glad you're along for the ride for Cruise Control. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and more. And we are glad you are along for the ride. Les Jackson, welcome back yes, to the sir. show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's... Um, Let's talk a little bit. We were talking about recycling. And uh, one of the things that I was kind of glad to see about, uh, you know, you you and I always say, like, when a car gets damaged, at least if you can use the parts, that's good. Sometimes yep. manufacturers yeah. would, would get rid of perfectly good cars. And you're like, well, can't we use the LS engine? Or can't we use the Coyote engine? Can't we use the drivetrain and put it in something else? Well, here's some good news. I think good news. I don't know whether this is what GM intended or whatever, but there were 122 Corvettes that were basically finished that were destroyed in a a tornado when it hit the Bowling Green facility where they're all built. Uh, They were damaged. They had a big X sprayed on their windscreen and we thought they were just going to be recycled, just completely just crushed. But due to partages in that, uh, shortages of parts, the parts were salvaged from these cars. Some of them were salvaged from uh, the Corvette factory. Uh, and also then they were sent online, uh, and this is according to Corvette blogger, to Strickler Auto Parts in Ohio, got all of these Corvettes, and they're selling the parts off of them, which they should. I mean, the drivetrain should go into another vehicle, right, or a hot rod or something, don't you think? The seats, the dashboards. Yeah, anything that you can reuse should be be done. I've often said that, too. We talk about paint colors on hot rods. I would just go, instead of building seats from scratch, if I was building, let's say, a Factory 5 car or whatever— I'd look for, hey, look at these Corvette seats. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. make the uh, adjustments work on them. I'll figure out the wiring pins, and uh, wouldn't that be fun? They don't, most seats don't say anything on them, do they? No, most are just, uh, you know. Have a Chevron on it or something. Who nameless, cares? Yeah. yeah. So you would get a great seat. Just You just have to deactivate the uh, airbag. Just take it out or just make sure it's not powered up, right? That's the only thing. Yeah, actually, sell it. Yeah, sell it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, think about that, too. If these cars had airbags in them, that's worth a lot of money right there. I'm sure, though, probably GM recycled those. Um, I would I would think they did, yeah. Yeah, that could be like $800, $900 per car. 
um, just for that alone. But good to see that they're not just flattened and, and thrown in the scrap heap where, you know, they can't be completed. We know that nobody... And they don't want them someone to go out and buy like five of them and try to build a car out no, of it. No. I wonder if they're selling the bodies. Well, the picture I saw, the doors were off of them, the roof panels were off of them. Okay. Uh, so the, the uh, hood and trunk lids were off of them. But hey, if you have a if you're a shop and someone comes in and said my vehicle was rear-ended, these parts would be great. I would put them on. They're basically a new part, right? Yeah, I mean, it, don't waste them. Don't, you know, don't. You could probably find just, one in the color your car was. Wouldn't that be funny? There probably. is probably there is a guy online. I I really I really like watching him. He buys lightly damaged cars at uh, auto auctions, and he he's like, I don't paint, so he finds the color hood or fender of his car, the exact model and color and that's how he puts it back together again and obviously the paint <laughs> the paint matches <laughs> and he doesn't have to paint it isn't that kind of interesting i always found that that is that is yeah well here's something we talked about uh you and i and it's become a lot more prevalent and probably some of the manufacturers see it as a revenue stream and that is a subscription model for car features now if you, in my other life, in the editing world, it used to be video editing world. It used to be you bought the program and that was it. And if you wanted to get upgrades, you had to buy for the upgrades. Now you pay right. by the month uh, for mm. these uh, pieces of software and you get all the upgrades. This is kind of the model that manufacturers have talked about for things like rear steering or even uh, heated seats, things like that, that they would basically turn all this stuff off. And if you said, okay, well, I'll pay so much per month and I get a package, they'll turn it on again, right? So Cox Automotive uh, did a study and of 217 potential car sharpers, not, not a huge section, but 75% of the respondents basically said non-starter to subscriptions for paying annual or monthly fees for features. Um, they just thought that the equipment should be all part of the MSRP. They don't want to they don't want to be paying per month. They are already pay per month for certain things like Sirius XM radio or um, right uh, uh, OnStar OnStar uh, things like that, uh, a hotspot, you know, uh, but they don't want to pay for things that they feel should be included in the vehicle. For instance, Audi wants $85 a month or $850 per year for navigation plus with full speed wow. Wi-Fi. That's too expensive. I'll, I'll hook my phone. That's, in, you know, you must need that an awful lot. Yeah. 850. Imagine for the life of the car. Uh, I just think it's inherently, and I, you probably agree, it's just inherently smarmy to sell something not inexpensively and then kind of hijack some of its features uh, that you have to rent. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't like it. I, it's 
changing the model and you know the the sales model and the approach to vehicles also let's remember you're you might be paying over msrp significantly <laughs> yeah and the price of the vehicle has gone up significantly the average price once again is what somewhere around $45,000 right for a vehicle yeah, well, certainly every bit of 40, and it was only 35 about three years ago. Yeah, so already you're paying, and that's not going to sit well when say, oh, by the way, yes, I know you paid 10 grand over sticker, and oh, by the way, I, I know the vehicle is $10,000 more than, you know, the on the MSRP than it used to be, but guess what? You, we, we'd like you to pay yeah. $100 a month so you can have navigation when you can get it, <laughs> you can get it from your phone for Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. That's right. You're already paying for it for your, with your phone. Right. So I don't know. I, I think it might be an overreach on the part of the manufacturers. I see how they like the idea of a revenue stream, but I, I agree with these people in this uh, Cox Automotive uh, study uh, that it's just kind of a non-starter. Talking about something that's not a non-starter, but it is delayed, Nissan has delayed the launch of the 2023Z until summer. And guess why that is, Les? Can you have any reason to think why they might delay uh, a launch of a vehicle? They ran out of paint. <laughs> they ran out of chips. <laughs> that's what they did. In, uh, paint chips? Yeah. <laughs> Those little... No, I mean, it... I'm just amazed they can produce as much as they do. Yeah. Uh, what I wonder, uh, the starting price for this vehicle is uh, nicely affordable for this kind of car, 41200 Uh Of course, it comes with uh, the uh, twin turbo V6, 400 horsepower, 350 pound-feet of torque. Uh, but is this going to be a gouge vehicle? Oh yeah, I mean this is a this is a you know a, a legacy vehicle. So so what do you think the markup will be? Twenty five thousand something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, every bit of it. So right away, you know, you're looking at at big money, and then of course, <laughs> hey, how about another hundred dollars a month? <laughs> so right. you can add back in the heated seats and the. Uh, you know, just, do you think manufacturers silly. see this as the chip shortage? Well, we'll leave these things out, and then we'll, then that's when we'll be able to say, "Hey, we, you're going to pay for them by the month." I don't know. I there's no upside. I think, there's no upside to that. No, I, I just I think that uh, the, the the manufacturers, like so many other industries, are. Uh, have employed and are continually hiring these younger Harvard Business School, Stanford Business School people who um, I, I have real objection to what the business schools are teaching. They're not teaching value uh, for money. So No, they're just teaching manipulating money. Hey, we'll be right back with an at-the-wheel review of the Subaru Wilderness Outback, so stay tuned. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. 
And welcome back to Cruise Control. Time for another At The Wheel review. This time it is the Subaru Outback Wilderness. It is a debut model for the 2022 model year. And Les, this is a trend you and I have talked about uh, for a number of years now. SUVs, CUVs are all getting a kind of a tough, toughened model. Uh, and many cases, it's much more than stickers and, you know, black wheels and something like that. It is uh, something that is much more capable. And that's what the case is for this 2022 Subaru Outback Wilderness. It is the most capable Outback ever, by the way. And uh, it has 9.5 inches of ground clearance. That's a lot. You can see it in the vehicle, in the test vehicle. It was riding high, which is not such a bad thing, frankly, even for the road, (laughs) normal road. You, You know what that reminds me of? Remember the uh, the Eagle? Yes, AMC Summit. Eagle Summits. Yes, yeah, they're very popular. Uh, this one has nine point five inch ground clearance. It has advanced X mode and upgraded suspension and all terrain tires. They're Geolander tires. Actually, they have a little bit of a grip in the sidewall. But on the inside, it's luxurious. It uh, it has that wonderful. Um, artificial leather interior uh which is great to wipe down has the huge uh, i believe it's 11.6 inch subaru starlink multimedia system nice thing about that it's got a tuning knob and a volume knob and some manual controls for uh some of the hvac the rest is all menu out back there is great um notice what i did there out back there is great uh leg room Rear seat passengers get heated seats and a couple of USB uh, connectors, which is great if you're back there and you want to charge up your phone or something like that. Uh, The cargo area was very large, rubber mats all around. Great thing about the Outback Wilderness, you get a full-size Geolander spare tire on an actual rim, which is nice to know. Always check what you got back there, Yokohama Geolander. That's right. That's important. Up front, uh, it's got the 2.4-liter turbocharged boxer engine which, with a real uh, air intake on top there into the intercooler, which is great. It, fresh air comes in under the hood and is ducted in. Uh, nice job. I love the fact that the oil filter is up above, so you're not going to whack that off if you're doing any off-roading. Uh, thing about these vehicles, Les, they are very capable and a lot of people may not know it because they drive them around town and do the errand runs and things like that, kids' activities. These things are com- completely capable. I had one of these off-road on the mud and had mud up to the windows, side windows, and was just the thing just kept going. It was really, really good. Uh, the SUV has extended uh, the breakover approach angles. It was extended from 18.6 degrees to 20, and the ramp breakover went from 19.4 to 21.2. That's thanks to redesigned uh, front and rear bumpers. And there's a revised rear differential with a final drive ratio of 4.44 to 1. All of these get a continuously variable transmission, did a nice job 
of uh, getting us through <laughs> the uh, suburban macadam, <laughs> in our case. Um, but uh, really a pleasure to drive. Very, very roomy. Um, and I, I, like to, I like the color. The color is called um, Geyser Blue. Which is a nice color and goes really well with the, with the black. It is, it is pretty color. Yeah, uh, and I like, as I said, the material on the seats that allow you to just kind of wipe it out. Um, it did come with the Starlink 11.6 multimedia infotainment system. It it also uh, has all the safety equipment you would kind of want in a vehicle. Uh, let's look at some options on this vehicle. What the base price was thirty six thousand nine ninety five. It had option package twenty two, which is the eleven point six inch multimedia navigation system, high resolution display, over the air map upgrade program, a power moonroof with slide and tilt, and reverse automatic braking. So uh, I imagine this means if you're backing out and you don't see something, it will stop the vehicle. Uh, yeah, I've been in a couple that do that. It's actually very reassuring. Always uh, in Subarus, it's nice. They have an inclinometer. They have a kind of uh, what what uh, the symmetrical all-wheel drive is doing. It shows you where the power is going, which wheel is slipping. They have that in all their vehicles, and I... I I really like that a lot. Um, but this is a great-sized vehicle. It is, I would say, other than the Ascent, uh, which is their biggest vehicle, which you don't see around that often, but they wanted to do a, uh, a, a big SUV, so they didn't, uh, people didn't uh, walk away from the brand. This has gotten already gotten a redesign, too. There's a little bit different uh, front fascia that was just shown at the uh, New York Auto Show for 2023. Not huge changes. Um, I'm a fan of the cladding on this vehicle. I, I like the wheel well cladding because I think it kind of protects it. I also like the blackout hood so you don't get, you don't get um, reflection off the hood if you're off-roading or, or going around. It's one of my favorite vehicles I've driven so far this year. I have to say, I think Subaru does a great job. They are unique in many ways. Um, and they have capable vehicles that are not huge. They're capable off-road, but they don't have to be huge, which is, which is a nice thing. It's got your uh, rubber uh, weatherized mats there. I do like the orientation, the up-and-down orientation of the screen. I think that's something we're going to see uh, integrated into the full lineup, probably a Crosstrek will get it next if uh, WRX is any clue to that, and uh, probably after that the Forester, which has more of a standard uh, look. I do like the little anodized um, treatments, too, on the vehicle. I, I think they look kind of nice, the kind of uh, orangey gold uh, anodized uh, elements on the uh, roof rack and also on the... Uh, front bumper front and rear bumper where the um rescue hooks would go pretty nice nice look i've always been a sucker for black wheels it gives it sort of a uh toughened look almost like a police vehicle look uh, i like i like that about it um and uh i think if you really do like to go uh off-roading with your vehicle 
Uh, and Or even if you just like that look with the geyser blue and the black trim, I think this is something for people to look into. Uh, incredible amount of room in the Outback. Great visibility. Uh, you can easily see out the rear window, something I also like. And if you want to, you can go get it dirty and not worry about it because it is set up for going uh, off-road. I probably wouldn't take a brand new vehicle out on a gravel road and drive it through no. mud, but I have to say Subaru does does it well. They they do it well. These are real vehicles and I guess probably the management of Subaru said, well, you know, all these other manufacturers like Kia and some of the others are coming out with these off-road packages, Toyota and things like that. We are an off-road company. So we should uh, really come up with something that is capable, even more capable than the standard um, models that are a little bit more luxurious, but not not as capable off-road. So me, I, I'm excited to see what they do with the Crosstrek. That, that's going to get the wilderness treatment. Of course, the Forester got the wilderness treatment. I'm just excited to see what they come up with for that. Hey, we appreciate you listening to Cruise Control. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Time for me to say, I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We are going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.